The Dodgers appear to be snatching up everyone, but there is one big starting pitcher out there that the Braves could look to that makes a lot of sense in Jordan Montgomery. We'll discuss the possibility of signing him on today's episode of Locked On Braves, so let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of the Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on social media at shortstopball. Also, make sure you check out my written work over at bravestoday.com. A lot of the topics we're going to talk about on today's podcast, I've written about over at bravestoday.com. So make sure you check that out. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on social media at Locked On underscore Braves. And then any questions, comments, or feedback you have for the podcast, always try to make this podcast as interactive with you as possible. Friday's mailbag episode will be all surrounded by your questions you submit on social media. So look out for that post from Locked On underscore Braves on Friday. Submit your questions to that post and I will answer it on Friday's mailbag episode. If you're new on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Also, if you're watching there, hit that thumbs up button to help spread the joy of Locked On Braves as we continue to try to march towards 10K by opening day. We're at 8,300 right now, so slowly working our way there. But thank you so much for all the support that you give me here at Locked On Braves. And I do a lot of these live during the offseason. we got several people in here already. Richard Ryle, Robert Blackman, Jeffrey Humphreys, Garrett Harris. Ryan Webb, Gregory Francis in here, Leland, um, also Adam Dowd, Ed C, Ellie Maynard, Popcorn, Reed in here, Nick, Chris Hester, Coleman, Julie C, Frank Pickard, Kroby in here, Mark Scheimer, and Julie C again as well, our Guinness in here. Thank you so much for joining me live. Whether you're watching live, watching the replay, thank you for your support in Lockdown Braves, making us your first listen up each and every day. We got Ecuadorman, Michael Lawrence, and John Barrett from NYC in here listening tonight. So thank you so much for that. On today's episode, going to talk about Jordan Montgomery, some of the pros and cons for signing him, one of the big free agents still left out there. And I don't mean big just in size, although he is a pretty uh, big human being, but he is, I think, in my mind, the one that probably fits the most now that Yamamoto is kind of going out of the range of where I think the Braves will likely want to be with him, even though I do think he makes a ton of sense because of his age. I think Jordan Montgomery, when you look at the frontline starters out there that are left, like Snell's of the world, I think Montgomery makes the most sense. So we'll talk about some of the pros and cons there. It's not perfect and you know, no free agent is set for maybe Yamamoto just because of his age, but we'll discuss the possibilities of signing Jordan Montgomery. Also want to get into some Zips projections because while everybody out there sees the Dodgers making all of these moves and wondering what the Braves are doing, as I keep trying to remind you, and some of you understand this, but this Braves team is still really, really good if they do nothing else. I understand the rationale and the frustration for not doing something major, and I get that, and I've made a whole podcast saying, I think if you're ever going to go all in, that now's the time to do so, but also, you know, this Braves team as constructed is certainly good enough to compete and win a World Series in 2024. We'll get into the news of the day later in the episode as well. You got Tyler Glass now going to the Dodgers. 
um, Jack Flaherty signing, other moves happening as well. So we'll talk about all that later in the podcast too. Well, let's get into the Jordan Montgomery discussion. As I mentioned, I did write an article over on BravesToday.com, kind of giving my thoughts on that. We're going to do a little bit of a deeper dive here today. Jordan Montgomery, six foot six, 228 pounds. So it's kind of alluded to earlier, a big body on the mound, which is typically pretty good when you're looking for somebody with durability. Left-handed starter, he will turn 31 on December 27th from South Carolina. I saw somebody in the comment section here talking about him being a, a Carolinian. I don't know if that's what you call yourselves, but uh, certainly Chris Field says Monty is from South Carolina, so we can say he is from Braves country and keep our fingers crossed. Look, maybe that plays a little bit into it. I think the Rangers want him back as well, although the Rangers signed a pitcher on uh, Thursday as well and Tyler Maley, but somebody that won't really factor in until next year. But Jordan Montgomery obviously winning a World Series with the Rangers. I'm sure they want to get him back and will be one of his suitors. But again, hopefully it does help him being from Braves country there in South Carolina. Over seven big league seasons, a 3.94 ERA, a 1.231 whip, 502 thirds, 502 and two thirds innings pitched, 2.6 walk per nine is just great. Anything under three is is fantastic. 8.6 K per nine. Did have Tommy John surgery in 2018, and it basically cost him three years because he had it in 2018. You know, just a couple of starts back. I think maybe just one start back in 2019, and then he had the COVID season where he did pitch, but again was still getting his feet back under him. Ten starts did not go well. And then really the past three seasons, we've seen him be a you know, solid mid to top of the rotation starting pitcher. So let's weigh the pros and cons here of signing Jordan Montgomery if the Raves were to sign him. We'll start with the pros. And for me, it's consistency it is the one thing that really sticks out to me about Jordan Montgomery and makes him so attractive. The last three years, 94 games started, a 3.48 ERA, a 1.18 whip, 3.79 xFIP, 2.44 batting average against is not great. A 22.5% K rate, again, not a dominant type of pitcher, but a 6.2% walk rate again is is fantastic. 11.2% home run to fly ball rate. Outside of 2019, when he only threw four innings, as I mentioned, coming back from the Tommy John surgery, his expected ERA has been 4.04, 3.63. 3.90, 4.06, 4.00, and 3.98. So when you talk about consistency, I mean, he has been right there at a you know 3.7, 4.1 ERA type of pitcher his entire career. Like I said, outside of the, the years coming back from Tommy John surgery, the 2019-2020 year, he has been very, very consistent. And not just consistent, he's been durable as well. He went at least five innings in 28 of 32 starts this past season for the Rangers. And you look at that durability the last three years, 30 starts, 32 starts, and 32 starts the last three seasons, averaging around 176 innings during that stretch. And they have increased every year. So again, had the Tommy John surgery in 2018, just one start in 2019, 10 starts in this shortened 2020 season. And then every year after that, he has increased his workload. And counting the postseason this last year, he threw 219 and two-thirds innings. So somebody who it looks like post-Tommy John surgery, 
mention his size, feel like somebody that's going to be pretty durable and able to log you several innings and get 28 to 32 starts a year. Another positive, no strings attached. He doesn't have a qualifying offer. He was traded mid midseason, and when that happens, you can't offer that player a qualifying offer, so you don't lose a draft pick so for, for signing Jordan Montgomery. Another one, postseason pedigree. Doesn't really strike you as somebody that would have you know, a great track record in the postseason, but a 2.63 ERA in 37 and two-thirds innings in the postseason, 11 walks and 24 strikeouts. He does have a 1.41 whip in the postseason because he's given up 42 hits in those 37 and two-thirds innings, but he's allowed just three home runs, so he's been able to limit the damage. Incredible command. And I went back and watched a Jordan Montgomery start here recently. I was actually going back to watch uh, some of Jared Kelnick, and he only got one at bat in that game because Jordan Montgomery went seven innings, and they didn't start him against the lefty. But I stuck around because I wanted to watch Jordan Montgomery and just really impressed by his command, how he's able to throw that sinker inside to righties just at will. He's able to pound it inside and then tunnel that changeup low and away off of that. He also has a really good curveball that gets some swings and misses. So I was really impressed with the command and control of Jordan Montgomery. The past two seasons, he's been the 89th and 82nd percentile in walk percentage. So somebody that's not going to walk a lot of, of batters. And I, I think because of the sharpness of his command, that's something that even if the stuff backs up a little bit, maybe the velo backs up, maybe even the movement backs up, to be able to have that command and locate like that it makes me feel a little bit more comfortable that even in his later years, he'll still be able to get hitters out with that good command. Now the cons to signing him, why you wouldn't want to sign him. And this is why I was completely against Jordan Montgomery coming into the season. Uh, he's a Boris client coming off a career year in a contract year. Initial predictions had him getting a similar deal to Aaron Nola. While I don't, I don't love Aaron Nola necessarily either, I would take Aaron Nola over Jordan Montgomery. So if the money is similar there, I would obviously rather give it to Aaron Nola. Now, I think Aaron Nola was going back to the Phillies regardless, so it's kind of a moot point, and he signed, so it's really a moot point. I'm not sure if Jordan Montgomery is the starter you want to give $25 million a year to. But that's what happens in free agency, and if that's the price, then that's what you're going to have to give. But it seems like an overpay for somebody who, and this is my second con for not signing him, I think he's a mid-rotation starter. I think that's what he is. Now, maybe he gives you glimpses of being a two. Maybe he's a he's a he's a mid-rotation starter that every now pitches like a two. You could say that, but I think he's a mid-rotation starter. And again, he's 31. You figure that's only going to you know become more of a thing. And you look at his expected ERA, like we've talked about, and he's a four ERA pitcher based on the metrics. He has outdone those metrics in most years. But again, it's not overpowering stuff. He's not striking out a lot of hitters. It really is based on the command that he has, which is really good, and the stuff, which has really good, really good movement as well. But $25 million a year for somebody who's likely a mid-rotation starter going forward seems like a, a lot of money. It's interesting when I look at Jordan Montgomery and I watched his start and watching him work, and he's Max Freed light. 
in my opinion. Both lefties, both you know, succeed off really good command and similar pitch mix, sinker, curve, changeup, forcing. And they both require, like I said, having really good command and the ability to keep hitters off balance. The difference is Freed is much better <laughs> at missing barrels. Freed had a barrel percentage of 3.8% last year and four the season prior. Montgomery's barrel percentage has been just above 7% the last three years. And that's why his expected batting average is 30 points higher than Max Freed. So they are lefties, very different size-wise. And again, similar stuff, but Freed obviously a lot better, which always brings me back to this point. <laughs> if you're going to give this much money to a guy like Jordan Montgomery, who I think is a mid-rotation starter, Freed's similar, but better. Why not give the money to Max Freed? So again, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's out of the Braves' hand and he wants to go to free agency and he likely gets more than $25 million a year in free agency. But those are some of the reasons why I wouldn't sign Jordan Montgomery. I think he's about to get overpaid for who he is. But again, maybe that's just a free agent market. And I think he's a mid-rotation starter. He's not somebody that's going to replace Freed, in my mind at least, at the top of the rotation. What would I give Jordan Montgomery? I'd give him five years at $22 million a year. I think that's a fair offer. And I think that's something I'd be comfortable with. But the way this market's going, I think he's going to get way more than that in free agency. And again, I'd still rather just increase that a little bit and give the money to Max Freed. I think he has the ability to be more of a top rotation starter long term. So that's the case for and again, signing Jordan Montgomery. We'll see what happens. Some names are coming off the board here. I do think Montgomery makes a lot of sense. But at that price point, if it is $25 million a year, I'm likely out. The Braves are most likely definitely out. But I do think Jordan Montgomery having that you know stable mid-rotation horse to give you innings, I think would be a great fit for this Braves team going forward. Next, I want to look at the Zips projections because I know everybody's upset the Braves aren't signing a lot of players right now, but they don't need to sign a lot of players or even trade for a lot of players right now. This is a playoff team as things are currently constructed, constructed, and the zip, Zips projections bear that out. We'll talk about those here next. Get in on all the action this NFL season with America's number one sportsbook in FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now with NFL, NHL, NBA, college football, all happening at the same time. The app is super easy to use. They have a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And you want to go over there and get on some future bets for MLB. The Dodgers are now the favorite ahead of the Braves for the World Series winners next year. But Ronald Acuna Jr. is still the heavy favorite to win the NL MVP, even over. Shohei Otani and his $7 million contract. You can go over and see all those odds at fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Also, make sure you visit fanduel.com slash play safe for tools and resources to help you stay in control of the way you play. Fanduel, official partner of the NFL. 
I want to also remind you, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, in case you haven't seen it, over on Fangraphs, Dan Zimborski does a great job every year putting together his Zips projections. That's Z little I P S. You want to go check that out. Also wrote an article on this over at bravestoday.com. You want to go check it out, but I want to go over it a little bit more here with you because I think there is a lot of concern in Braves country in the off season. When you see the Dodgers make moves like they are, you see the Mets last year making moves like they are and to overreact because the Braves aren't doing much significance significantly anyways they are making moves but it's trying to get rid of money after the jared kelnick trade but this team on paper is still one of the best if not the best even with the moves that the dodgers have made they may still be the best team on paper now we know and dan mentions it mentions it in his article being the best on paper means nothing and being a great team only gives you a 20 percent chance of winning the world series in the postseason as dan put it we know all that, but this team is already in a great position going into the year saying, or this team is already good enough going into the year with a chance to get a seat at the table, as Brian Snicker likes to say. At catcher, you go by their zips projections this is by war. At catcher, 4.5. First base, 3.8. Second base, 3.3. <laughs> I hope you all understand just how ridiculous this is. Third base, 4.6. Shortstop, 2 left field 1.1, center field 4, right field, which is obviously where Ronald Acuna Jr. plays, 7.1. That's a full point higher than any other projected player in baseball. And then DH is 2.1. Last year, outside of shortstop and left field, the lowest war any position group had for the Braves was 3.8 in center field. 3.7 technically if you want to go with the DH. It was an absurd season. They're projected to have another absurd season. And even these projections, they're going to be tamed a little bit. Nobody's really going to project an eight-win season like Ronald had or, or even more than that. No projections really project 100 wins, although Dan's projections do project the Braves to win 100 games for the third straight season. That's how good this team currently is on paper right now with the moves that they have, or the moves that rather they haven't made, that's how good this team is right now. You go to the pitcher side of things, both Strider and Freed are projected for 4.4 wins, Morton 2.6, Elder 2.2. So again, you look at the, the top of this rotation, it is still really good. It's still, in my mind, one of the best in baseball. That fifth spot is a big question mark. They have Enoa, A.J. smith Shaver. Ronaldo Lopez and Alan Wyans, Winans all projected for about one win. So you would certainly love to improve that. And I think a lot of us feel like Elder may take another step back, but or maybe not a step back, but maybe be somewhere in between. He was the first and second half, which is where I think he ultimately lands. So again, I understand the reasonings and for why the Braves need to and why I think they should try to upgrade the back of the rotation. But there's also a world in which they let some of these young guys kind of fill things out at the beginning of the year, and then maybe at the deadline, go in and make something happen. 
The bullpen predicted for five wins. You can't really predict in the bullpen, but it is a solid bullpen. And even Dan says in his article that the projections are probably undervaluing the Braves' bullpen as a whole. You look at the player projections, Acuna projected for 304, 403, 590, a 164 OPS plus, 43 home runs and 51 stolen bases. So predicting a big year there for Acuna, as you would imagine. Riley, they're projecting another 30 and 100 season. Matt Olson, they're projecting him to hit 260 with 37 home runs. That's 17 fewer. So they got him taking a pretty big step back. Same for Ozuna. They have him hitting 25 home runs. That'd be 15 fewer than he hit last year in just a 253 average. For Jared Kelnick, one I know a lot of you are probably interested in, they're projecting him to hit 239, 315, 410, 15 home runs, 13 stolen bases, 0.6 war. While that wouldn't kill the team, assuming everyone else performs like they're capable of, it'd be a bit disappointing if he's not more than a one-win player next year. Strider and Freed are both projected about a 3.27 ERA. Strider to get 234 Ks and 161 in point, uh, or 163 in one point one innings. Morton Elder just over four ERAs. So, I mean, there is a gap there at that top two, and then with Elder and Morton, and then obviously there's a gap after that as well. Uh, in case you're interested about AJ Smith, Shaver, and Hurston Waldrop, both of those guys are projected for about four and a half ERAs. So. Fun to look at. Obviously, nothing is nothing gets done on paper, but this Braves team, this is really, really good team on paper, and they have a chance to do a lot of good things in 2024. If they make no other moves, this team, if healthy on paper, is still one of the best teams in all of baseball. So again, projections are fun to look at this time of year. Doesn't mean a lot, but Again, just wanted to give those numbers to you really quickly. Got a lot of news to get to as well. Uh, that I want to talk about, obviously, the Dodgers trading for Tyler Glass now. Uh, you got the Rangers signing Tyler Maley, Jack Flaherty as well. So a lot of pitchers coming off the board at the moment. We'll discuss all those moves here next. One more time, I want to remind you about Locked On launching the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, looking at... Some of the news from the day, and we did have some big news. The hot stove is finally heating up. In fact, I probably need to, to refresh show, social media again and take a look before we close things out here. But big news of the day, and this one's kind of been materializing for several days now, but it has gone official, although there is another contingency in this. But Tyler Glass now and Manuel Margot traded to the Dodgers for Ryan Pepio and Johnny DeLuca. It is contingent on Glass now signing an extension with LA. So this isn't a done deal yet, although sounds like it's likely the two sides get something completed. You look at the package going to the Rays because you look at it and think it's not the best package in the world and maybe something the Braves could have done, but the Braves really didn't have anybody at the big league level like this that they could have put into this package. DeLuca hit 294 in the minors last year, 17 home runs, 12 stolen bases, 25-year-old outfielder 
Got a cup of coffee with the Dodgers last year and slash 262, 311, 429 with two home runs in 24 games. So a big league bat, you know, that's ready. You could say that Von Grissom is that. So if you wanted to, you know, throw in Von Grissom for Johnny DeLuca, I think that's fine. But I don't think the Braves have a Ryan Pepio unless you're willing to give up A.J. Smith-Shaver and Hurston Waldrop. And I'm not giving up one of those and Von Grissom for Tyler Glass now. And that's essentially, I think that deal is better than this deal that the Dodgers just gave up. But it's the only thing comparable that the Braves could have given up in giving, you know, two guys who are major league ready, you know, with that kind of, of upside that can be plugged into a lineup right away. So there's that's the only thing really comparable to this deal that the Dodgers gave up. And of course, you never really know what a team wants. Maybe the Rays were targeting guys that were at that level, you know, that were ready to to plug in and win right away. Because I'm sure the Rays want to get back in there winning right away. As for Pepio, he's 26, was the 55th ranked prospect by Baseball America coming into 2023, 3.99 ERA and 1.28 whip in over 150 innings at AAA the last three years, a 276 ERA and 1.09 whip in 78 and a third innings at the big league level the last two years, both of a starter and reliever. I'd probably go out there and get some stock in Pepio. Anytime a pitcher is traded to the Rays, uh, certainly the light bulb goes off there that maybe there's something more uh, in him that they see. But again, the only thing comparable I think the Braves could have offered would have been Von Grissom and either A.J. Smith-Shaver or Hurston Waldrop, and that's just too much to give up in my mind for Tyler Glass now, unless you're going to extend him, and I think that's why the Dodgers are only doing this if they can extend him. And this is just an example of the deferrals that Shohei Otani is taking, giving the Dodgers a chance to make a move like this because Tyler Glass now is getting $25 million this upcoming season. So that is you know, what you're looking at here and what that's allowing the Dodgers to do because of that deferred money. The Rays are actually sending $4 million in this deal to the Dodgers, which is kind of funny uh, that the Dodgers are getting money from the Rays. Margot's also set to make $10 million in 2024. So he is a good, solid defensive player. He probably gets some time in that outfield right now, but certainly that's the Rays looking to, to clear up some more money. So Dodgers are taking on $30 million in this deal, uh, even more than that when you can include the $2 million buyout for Margot in 2025. So they're taking on a good chunk of money here, and they gave up some pretty solid prospects as well, and they're looking to get an extension done. So... Look, it's not fun sitting back watching the, the Dodgers do all these moves. Uh, certainly understand that. But, again, I don't think the Braves would have paid that price. And even then, Tyler Glass now has yet to throw over 130 innings in in a full season. So we'll see what happens with Glass now. Certainly if he's healthy, he probably has some of the best stuff in all of baseball outside of Spencer Strider. Couple other pitchers signed on Thursday as well. The Rangers signed Tyler Maley to a two-year, twenty-two million dollar deal. I know he's somebody. I don't know that I've talked about as much on here, but I know Lindsey Crosby talked about it on base on Braves today about you know him being a sign, a perfect sign that comes back second half of this year, and then you get him next year as somebody who could be a mid to top of the rotation arm. Uh, so kind of you know that kind of budget arm, but still he got two years, twenty-two million for a guy that's probably going to miss at least half of this season and then jack flaherty he is somebody i've talked about on here a lot is somebody that 
I thought maybe the Braves could get pretty cheap on a one-year deal and looking to try to reestablish his market. He did get one year, but $14 million, and that seems about right for what we've seen for other players taking these one-year deals. I think Severino got one year $12 million, uh, from the Mets, uh, or maybe he got $14 million. I know uh, the two pitchers at the Cardinals signed, Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson, got one year $12 million, I believe. So that price feels about right with how the market is going right now. Uh, try to take a couple of questions here as we can at the end. Terry from Savannah, um, do not need to overpay for Cease or Montgomery. This is from Ernest Lewis. Says, do not need to overpay from Cease or Montgomery. Keep the pitching as follows. Freed, Strider, Morton, Elder, and A.J. smith Shaver. For this year, yes. Uh, again, for this season, the starting rotation is fine. I really believe that. I still would like to get somebody else for the mid-back of the rotation, just add some more quality depth. But for this season, the rotation is fine. It's it's going forward. And look, you can make that deal in season. You can make that deal next offseason, where there are a lot of arms that are going to be available. Probably going to have a podcast coming up soon talking about the free agent arms that will be available next offseason. So I agree. You can run things with what you have this year, see what some of the young kids can do if they step up, grab hold one of those spots, and then make some adjustments midseason or next offseason if you need to because you're likely going to lose Max Freed. You're likely going to lose Charlie Morton. Those are big two losses in your rotation you're going to have to replace. Equidorman says, what would Waka or Stroman warrant, Jake? Um Waka's probably going to get – he's going to get multiple multiple years. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets something close to to Tyler Maley, maybe a little bit more. I think Waka makes a lot of sense. Um, but, again, I think he's probably going to get two years at 12 to $15 million a year, maybe even a third year in there. I think Waka's going to get a pretty solid contract. Stroman's probably about the same, two years, 22 to $24 million. I think it's probably what Stroman – We'll get so I don't hate either of those deals. Again, those are more mid rotation starters for me, um, but I think that's a much better price. Again, I started this podcast off talking about Jordan Montgomery and paying him 22 million a year, and I think he's a mid rotation starter. I feel more comfortable with him long term, but again, if you could get Stroman or get Michael Walker on a shorter deal for 12 to 15 million a year, I think that might be the better value. Jeffrey Humphrey says, Jake, do you think AA should overpay for a pitcher? For the right pitcher, yes. I don't know that Jordan Montgomery is the right pitcher to give 22, even you know, 25 million a year to long term. I think they felt like Aaron Nola was that right pitcher. So I believe there is a world in which the Braves I don't want to say overpay, but pay market value. And when you're paying market value in free agency, you essentially are overpaying. So I think there is that pitcher out there, but I think it's going to be very, very unique situation um, that the Braves would have to go after in that regard. So I think they're willing to do it, but I think it's got to be, you know, the right deal and the right pitcher. Josh Green, assuming someone gets hurt, do you trust Elder starting a playoff game? I trust him starting a playoff game and getting pulled when he's supposed to. <laughs> Look, yeah, that postseason game, he was perfect the first time through the order. I I'm okay with him starting a postseason game, but you got to have a quick hook on him. And that was the whole problem with that, that game three start is you just didn't have a quick enough hook when things started to unravel. 
he was great in those first two innings, getting through a lineup that that one time. So, like, if everybody is injured, somebody's got to step up and do it. I probably would have preferred to see A.J. smith Shaver start that game, obviously, in hindsight. And, look, Shaver gave up a couple home runs in that game as well. He wasn't perfect by any means, but I think he has the better stuff. So, look, I can live with Elder starting a postseason game. Manager just has to be a lot smarter in knowing when to pull the plug when things are starting to go sideways. All right, that will do it for this episode of Locked on Braves. Thanks so much for joining, whether live or on the replay. Appreciate you so much for your support here at Locked on Braves. Make sure you follow us on social media at shortstopball at Locked on underscore Braves. Subscribe on YouTube. If you're new, hit that thumbs up button as well to help support the show. We'll have a Mailbag Friday podcast, so look for my tweet from Locked On underscore Braves so that you can submit your questions there to be answered. Also, make sure if you're listening on audio, you give me a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, wherever you're listening. It does help support the show a ton when you do that. So thank you so much for helping me grow this Locked On Braves community. Got a lot more coverage coming your way this offseason. Hopefully, some more moves coming your way as well from Alex Anthopoulos. Well, that will do it for this episode of Locked On Braves, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacy Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com.